My name is Scott Weiss, and you're listening to Let's Get to Work, the podcast series that dives deep into recruiting and hiring trends, the global workforce, the future of work, job search tips, technology, and more. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm really excited to have you here for this episode of Let's Get to Work. We've got a very special guest with us today. Donnie Gupton is a former Division I football player, a walk-on, who learned invaluable lessons as a competitor and took that with him into his professional life. He is now a professional coach that helps staffing firms and recruiting firms grow their business through lead generation, essentially helping them develop more of a presence in the market through inbound leads to grow their business. It's a niche he's carved out for himself, and we're really glad to have him here. Thanks for being here, Donnie. Thank you so much, Scott. Glad to be here. It's exciting. Awesome. So we got a lot to talk about, but I wanted to start by just kind of hearing your story, maybe going back to uh, your experience in college, walking onto the football team, and uh, the lessons you learned there, and kind of how you took that into your professional life. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, you know, as a kid growing up, I uh, was like a lot of kids, and, you know, no matter the sport, I wanted to be a professional athlete, of course, and, um, you know, so I continued to pursue the dream. I actually went the junior college route first when it came to football, um, and actually played football and baseball through high school, and, and kind of realized that I needed to really uh, focus on one if I wanted to you know, uh, achieve the goals that I had. And so played a couple of years of junior college football and had some offers coming out of junior college, but, um, you know, nothing from the division one level. Um, I had a lot of interest. And so it was the university of Nevada kind of showed the most interest in me and invited me to walk on there. And, um, that was, that was kind of the start, but I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> uh, and, you know, being a walk on, you are not one of their investments. You're kind of low man on the totem pole. And so you're, you have to kind of get up and prove yourself every day. And that was, um, from a mental standpoint, uh, incredibly challenging. Um, and you know, because you're not one of the guys, so to speak, and you have to continually show up and you're not getting the same treatment as everybody else. And, um, you know, so it makes for a fun story. You know, I ended up having a really successful career at the university of Nevada and walked away with some, some good hardware, um, and most importantly, I walked away with just a lot of lessons that have, you know, I've been able to apply um, in the business world, which is, you know, I think is just commitment and and consistency, um, and really just following what you want. I think that's the biggest thing I learned um, from, you know, being a walk on and turning into, you know, an entrepreneur was that I can go do what I want um, through the right commitment, effort, and consistency. Um, so that's kind of the story of, of the walk on, you know, getting into my professional career. Uh, you know, one of the things that basically how it happened is my dad was like, hey, come back. You can have a job working with me until you, you know, quote unquote, find your your, your real job. Um, so working with my dad, we had a family floor covering company and, um, you know, I started working. Well, the only way I was going to really make any money was actually if I helped grow his business. And so that's when the passion for business development, marketing, and, and, and just lead generation started was that's how I was going to make my own money. So, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years after college and next thing you know, we're in, we're in the recession in 2008 and, you know, our company was like a lot of companies. We were just holding on for dear life to survive. And we had our money tied up in poor advertisement decisions from years before. Um, and so ultimately it was like, 
to stay in business, we had to go into effort. And so I went and I started studying and this was kind of when social media started to really, um, you know, from a business standpoint, started to make some sense. And I started studying uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys listen to know who Gary V is. And so he had Wine Library TV and I started Flooring My Life TV. Um, and, you know, by doing that and a couple other things online without getting into too much detail, um, we had an explosive growth in our business. So we went from under a million dollar business to over a six million dollar business in a three year span from 2008 to 2010. Um, and so I realized that, hey, I had a skill for this whole business development thing. I had a skill for this, you know, inbound lead generation and marketing. Um, but I did not love the industry I was working in. Um, so that's when I set out on my own path. Um, and, you know, I really wanted to be a coach, but I kind of had to go the agency route first. I had to do some things for some people to prove some stuff out before I could really become a coach and, and really offer the service I wanted. And once I kind of did the agency route, I actually met uh, a friend of mine, Dean. He's a owns a staffing company here in the Bay Area. And that's how I ended up just by pure accident. Um, helping him with some marketing stuff. I started, we started to see some results and then I just looked at the industry and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like everybody's kind of operating out of an old school playbook. This is where I can play. So, um, I know that was a long winded version of the story there, Scott, but that's how, that's how I got to where I am today. No, that's awesome. And I appreciate you filling in all the details there. So let's, let's step back for a second. And when you were working with your dad's company in flooring, um, it was kind of like a survival thing, right? Uh, the, you, you had to figure out a way to uh, separate yourselves from the competition. And you kind of got attracted to this idea of when you mentioned Gary V, um, the whole social media and really just kind of branding. Right. Um, yep. and, and so where did you like, what steps did you take specifically to, uh, kind of jump into that? You mentioned the YouTube channel. Did that mean that you, now we're making videos of yourself kind of talking about flooring and sort of kind of making yourself a little bit of a personality. Yeah. So it was more of, uh, I think it was probably more necessity. I never really wanted to be <laughs> on video per se. Um, now it's something that I'm a lot more comfortable with, but, um, yeah, that's exactly what it was, Scott, is I basically started going out and I was, um, trying to find my groove essentially. Um, and so I was doing reviews on specific products. I was doing, uh, education on how to select products, how to pick, for example, why you would pick a hardwood over a laminate in this situation or a laminate over a hardwood in that situation. I mean, really just focusing on educating the marketplace. Um, and you know, I think one of the things that I learned that I really, you know, try to help other people is like, I didn't have it figured out when I started, you know, I didn't have it figured out when I started. Uh, I wasn't good on camera when I started. What my advantage was is that I was willing to go out and and fail. <laughs> I was willing to go out and look like kind of a fool for a while in order to, for me to figure it out. And by doing that, um, I saw my results faster because it was really just testing and tweaking and trying to find out what was working. Um, and, and that's where the results came from was just kind of putting yourself out there. And, you know, I just, you know, in that, time there wasn't the same educational opportunities from a digital standpoint as there is now people weren't you know offering the services that i'm offering it was kind of like you consumed content and just kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together um and so yeah i learned from gary v and a couple other guys and just started you know quite honestly like i said just taking action and really what i found was educating the market was our biggest differentiator 
And that was the biggest thing that started happening as I started to show up in the media is our competitors started to notice like, oh, hey, Donnie, I saw you on this video. Um, and people start coming into my dad's showroom. And that's when we really realized that we were on to something. And so we started to, you know, kind of do more of it. Um, and then we looked at, you know, keyword strategies where, you know, we would take and create a video that was just a keyword video. That, so we would show up in Google. And um, yeah, again, it was just a lot of testing, a lot of fun um, in, in that space. Yeah. And the big difference, I think, between you and, you know, not everybody else, but a lot of other people is that, like you said, you were willing to put yourself out there. You were willing to take the risk. And I think so many people have ideas and have uh, inspiration to do things, but uh, they've sort of been trained uh, right, wrong or indifferent to um, not try to do things that come with risk because of the chance of failing and that failing is bad. And yep. obviously there's a lot of talk these days about um, the power of failure. And I actually read now that there's a trend where people are putting together what they're calling like their failure resumes. So they actually mm -hmm. uh, track historically all of the things that they've tried that have failed as almost mm -hmm. a badge of honor. And um, <laughs> I've always That's felt like, um, you know, when you take it back to sports, you learn so much more from a loss than a win, right? And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and so it's just the, the difference here that I'm, that I'm seeing in you and others like you is just um, having the guts to just, to just put yourself out there and, and, and not be afraid to fail. And in fact, embracing the fact that you probably will fail, but it's through that failure, failure that you're, you'll learn and grow and move forward. Yeah, hundred percent. That's, you know, one of the things that I really try to push, you know, my clients, because that's what I feel like is the biggest uh, thing holding people back is the fear of failure or, or the analysis paralysis of, of it needing to be perfect. Right. So I do a lot of video. And so, for example, when I talk to people about video that, you know, they come up and they start listing these lists of, you know, excuses um, of why they can't do it. Oh, well, I don't have a good microphone yet or my camera's not this or I haven't figured out my backdrop. Um, and if you were to look at my videos right now, there's nothing from a production quality standpoint that are that's very high quality, yet it generates a ton of revenue. And I think that that's where people miss it is like. Look, you you can you can start driving, and the reason you should be doing all these things is is to, you know, from a strategic point, probably add value. But from why are you doing it for yourself personally is to drive revenue, right? And um, I think that's where the focus is: is if you're willing to do it and buy into that, you know, I'll get better, and it doesn't need to be perfect in order for me to get the result. Um, that's just kind of a myth that people tell. And so, as I coach people, that's exactly what we work on: is hey what can we do right now and then get better at to, to help you drive your revenue faster? Yeah. One of my favorite lines is, you know, you'll, you'll suck at something until you don't. Right. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. No one's great at anything when they first start doing it. And that's, it's unrealistic to expect that you, you will be. And so you have to just start somewhere. And mm -hmm. like you said earlier in the conversation is just keep doing it, keep showing up and stay committed to it. Okay, so let's yep. let's go back to, um, you realize while you're working for your dad's company that, wow, like I really tapped into something here and not only is this working for the business, but I'm really passionate about it. Um, you probably had the option to stay working with your dad and maybe one day take over his business, correct? Yeah, actually we were, we were actually partnered at that time. Um, <laughs> as I started to grow the business, my dad was a smart guy and so he, 
we partnered for a little bit. He offered me, you know, stake in the company to keep me there. But it was, you know, again, it really just was passion. I, I was like, you know what? I, I really didn't like the industry that I was in. Um, I loved doing what I was doing, but the industry wasn't there. And and so, yeah, it was just more of I wanted to go after what I wanted. I had my dad, you know, and we built something together that we were both very proud of. Um, it's still there. My sister works there. My I have friends that work there. Um, they're employing probably 30, you know, 30 people at least right now. Um, and it's a great, it's a great company and great business, something I'm very proud of, but it's, you know, I think that life is short. And for me, it was like, I wanted to go after something that, that I enjoyed, you know, doing not something that I kind of got up every morning was like, uh, you know, um, and I really didn't realize what one of my strengths is, is that I am willing to take the risk. I'm willing to go out and do it and I'm willing to fail. Um, and that's a strength of mine. I didn't really realize it until I went on this most recent journey, but it's really no different from me being a walk on, <laughs> right. It's taking the hard road to go try to get myself onto a division one football field because that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so obviously it doesn't mean that everything I've wanted to do has happened. Um, and it comes easy. I mean, all of it was hard work, but I think that, you know, going back into the walk on, that's the lesson that I taught is that, Hey, look, if I go really want something bad enough that I can achieve it. Um, and there was probably, you know, three people in the world that believed in me. And when I made the transition to Division One football was my dad, myself and and my former high school football coach. Outside of that, you know, I don't think there's a big expectation of Donnie playing at that level. And then I did in, in Excel. And same thing was that I think gave me the the belief when I decided to go out on my own and become an entrepreneur um, and leave back, you know, what I had created was that I knew I would be able to do it again. Yeah, um, and you're, you're, what, the story you're telling uh, resonates with me because, like you, um, I went to work for my dad who had started yep. his own business. Actually, it was a staffing company, and uh, he had grown it to you know, be a, a fairly successful mid-sized firm here in the Seattle mm -hmm. market, and I was with him for uh, about six years, and it was a similar conversation around you know the next generation, possibly me taking over the business, and for a lot of people, you look at that and it's like kind of your your future's dialed in, like it's all right there for you. You know, all you have to do is just take it. But if there's something inside you that is telling you like, I don't know if I have the passion for this, right? Um, yep. Then you got to listen to that, and and that's what I did, and so. Um, you know, I, I, instead of taking the easy route of just saying, yeah, I'll take over your business and kind of just have it made, you know, I'd still have to work, of course, but the business right. was running um, and making good money. Uh, I encouraged him to sell the business, which he was able to do. And um, and and I, I figured, OK, well, if he can sell the business and uh, and, and be good, then, you know, we'll all be good. And and, you know, and, and I didn't really have any prospects at the time, but I just knew that I could do something on my own and I wanted to follow my own, you know, my own path. And I just think a lot of people in life kind of take what they're given at face value. They're not yep. necessarily willing to go off script. And um, again, it comes back to maybe that that fear or that insecurity around failure. But, uh, you know, when you embrace that, you know, you open up huge opportunities, right? Oh, a thousand percent. That's where, you know, it's on the opposite side of the fear and the opposite side of the failure of where the, you know, the success is. Um, but yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. And that's, that's cool that your story is so similar. To yeah. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. So you make this decision that, you know, this, this flooring industry, you know, is great, but it's not for me, but I've got this, um, 
this skill, this asset. I've, I've figured out how to help a business grow through, I guess we could call it content marketing, right? In a sense, or inbound yes. lead generation. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, you know, we focus on, you know, I've kind of come up with a method that I coined the relevant recruiter method. Um, and basically what we're doing is we're focusing on um, four P's in your business. You know, first thing we want to get right is your positioning in the marketplace. Um, next thing we want to do is, is, you know, prospect on a daily basis and we leverage automation in order to do that. Um, and then we, you know, produce content that supports our position in the marketplace. And one of the things that's the last P is one thing that is really not um, something that staffing and recruiting professionals are used to, which is promoting your business and paying for traffic. Um, and doing this in a way that is that is highly targeted in a way that can deliver results. So, yeah, I mean, it's essentially what we're, I'm trying to do is is take people from, <laughs> lack of a better word, kind of the Stone Ages and, and, and kind of transform their business into more of the modern approach. But we're not just, you know, going with the traditional things of like you need a website and things like that. These are lead generation strategies that are specific for staffing and recruiting. Um, and so that's, you know, Again, when you're going back into failure, how did I figure this out was, well, unfortunately for some of the people I worked with early on is we figured it out together and we failed and we and we made it work. Right. You mentioned um, you mentioned you had a friend um, that was running a staffing firm and this you didn't really have any experience with the industry, but yeah. um, your, your friend needed some help and you came on board and kind of took some of the things that you had been doing in the flooring space and tweaked them and adapted them into staffing and you recognize that this is an industry where there hasn't been a lot of uh, growth and evolution in terms of how these staffing and recruiting firms position themselves in the market and generate, you know, inbound interest. And so if I can take the things that I've done over here in flooring and apply them over here, then I can probably help a lot of people grow their business. That's exactly it. I mean, it was... You know, Dean and I really didn't even work together on the things that I'm doing now. We were doing more of, you know, my wheelhouse was video marketing. And so we were focused on a lot of those things. And it was, you know, <laughs> I've got much more advanced from what him and I did together. Um, but again, it was really just that was my introduction to the space. And then from there, it's, you know, it's really figuring it out and being committed to it. Um, one, one of the things. Was, oh, sorry. Yep. You were going to say something. I always use the analogy of, of like when you look at any business and if you were even look at like a product, like when, when, the, when the iPhone was first launched, it wasn't perfect, um, but they had customers and that was what was important because having the customers is what allowed them to make it, uh, and it's still, still not perfect to this day, but it make it more of a perfect product for the consumer. Um, and Apple, you know, you look at it, that's a classic example of progress, not perfection, right? They could have waited for years to try to get all the details that they have now. Um, but they released it and, and put it to the marketplace. And I think that that's kind of the same th thing that you think of from, you know, even if you have a service business like I do is, you know, finding the clients so that you can, you know, make the mistakes in order to make the business work. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're just out there reckless. You know, um, I, I have a high level of integrity, I think, and I've always been committed to my clients results. But in order to get results, you have to be willing to fail. Um, if you're not failing with trying new methods, then you're really not progressing um, and seeing what could work for you, in my opinion. That's yeah, I agree 100 percent. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is when I look at your LinkedIn profile, I notice that your headline 
uh, I, I can't say it verbatim, but it's you brand yourself or you you promote yourself as the guy who does X, right? And yep. you talk about the relevant recruiter uh, methodology. And so just kind of uh, going up a, f- a few notches above just focusing on the recruiting and staffing and talking about the idea of whatever it is that you're doing in your professional life uh, being the person for X or the person that does X, um, I think being able to narrowly focus down on what is my core competency and what value do I bring to the market, whether I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a, an employee um, in terms of career growth. Um, how can What advice do you have for people in terms of how do I narrow down into figuring out you know, what I am in terms of I am the guy you call or I am the girl you call when you need X. How, how do you get, how does someone get to that? Because I think a lot of people are very diverse in terms of lots of skills, lots of interests, lots of things that they're good at and can do. How do you commit to something so specific and so, I, I, I want to say narrow, but I don't want it to sound negative because I think, you know, the more specific you can be, the more mm-hmm. you become that person that people think of when they need that thing. How do you get to that point? Well, I think for me, what it was, was a combination of things. Um, skill set, you know, I knew that I had skills. I knew that I was willing to continue to invest in those skills. And like you're saying, I mean, people have a, a wide variety. Um, and and the other thing was passion. Um so I think that, you know, quite honestly, I think my advice for people is, is the passion. Um, if you lead with your passion, then it's not really a job. It's, it's just something that you're, you know, it's no different than say, if you like to lift weights and you go into the gym and you continue to get stronger. Um, so for me, it was like, I just kind of went for what I was really passionate about, which was two things. Um, one, it was marketing and, and business development. And I, you know, I like to geek out on some of the stuff that I do. But the other was I'm, my, where my passion really lies is I love to help people. So um, I was looking for ways of how could I help people? You know, I mean, I coach flag football on the weekends for crying out loud for six and seven years old. And and I'm probably the most excited coach about that. And it's just because it falls into my nature of I love to help people. I love to coach kids. I love to, you know, coach adults. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you're considering something, it's, it's really kind of figuring out what you're passionate about. And then, you know, the other thing for me is like, I understood marketing. So I knew that being narrowly focused um, was important. And I think what you're doing today and and, and being narrowly focused, what people usually limits them from doing that is a scarcity mindset of, I don't know if there's going to be enough there for me. And and quite honestly, I know that because I went through that a little bit too, right? Well, I don't know if the recruiting industry is for me um, as I started off. And of course, it's not all hunky dory when you start your business, right? Um, and so it was the commitment now, you know, now that I've been in this space for three or four years now, now I have an actual brand, I would say around myself where people know a little bit about who Donnie is. They understand a little bit more of what I have. People reach out to me more naturally and organically now. Um, but you know, I would just really say, follow your passion and and find that place in the market. My ultimate business model and what I ultimately delivered evolved through time by figuring out what my market really needed, you know? Um, I didn't know exactly what I was, you know, I didn't know with where I'm at now. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going to be. This is where I was going to be three years ago um, when I started off. So again, I mean, I know it's not the probably the most enlightening advice, but I just think that, you know, the passion is the key. And, and I think it's Jim Carrey. I don't want to take credit for this, but 
think he gave a speech, you know, a couple of years back where he basically said, hey, look, you can fail at what you don't want to do. So you might as well fail at what you do want to do. And that was the big thing for me is just saying, hell with it. Like, I'm going to go for it. And if I fall on my face, then at least I did it in something that I'm really passionate about um, and, and found that skill set. Yeah. So, and so, and so uh, you know, from that point, like, again, the skills that you're bringing to the staffing and recruiting field in terms of um, kind of the, the, the market, the video marketing, the content marketing, the lead gen, I mean, that could be applied to any industry, right? And so, okay. yeah, like, wh- how were you able to, because you've probably, you've probably had opportunity to go in a lot of other directions where a company like this wanted your help or a company like that, you know, outside of recruiting, but staying focused specifically on recruiting and committing to just that particular vertical, um, how has that, you know, improved your, or, or helped your business grow versus having stayed sort of neutral and generic about, hey, we do video marketing and we can help any business kind of thing. Yeah. So I always tell my clients this. I mean, if you try to create a message for everybody, that message is going to hit home with nobody. And that was the kind of the premise of, of my be- business. And um, I think that's got to be the focus of any business and, and, and more now than ever, because, you know, what we're talking, I mean, here we are on a, on a podcast and then there's video marketing and all these different things. And you know, when you create content for a specific market, um, it, it goes faster. One of the things that people don't take into account when they think about businesses is nowadays in this information age is we're competing for attention more than anything else. So if I can, you know, if I were going to go be a generalist, it's going to be hard for me to really get traction um, as a generalist when there's been people who are far more established than I am um, in the marketing world, um, have far bigger budgets than I do, that can put their message out far more aggressively than I can. When I'm niched down, I can really talk to my market specifically about their pains, their problems, what opportunities are out there. Um, And so it makes everything actually easier. It makes the results happen faster. But, you know, if you're getting into, you know, some of the things of like creating content, you know, oftentimes what I find when people are struggling with creating content is they're not sure who they're writing the content for. So they're not sure what they want to do. Right. And so if you were to look at my space very specifically, it's like I work with staffing and recruiting, but even more specifically, it's like I work with third party staffing, recruiting, executive search firms from probably independent to say about 50 employees. That's my core market. Why? Because I can, I know, I know that market's pains, problems way better than they do. I know where the market's going better than they do because I talk to people and work with people every single day in the space. Now that's a hell of a lot different than a corporate recruiter or, 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 you know, somebody working at Randstad. That's not my message. So my message would never hit home with those people. And I think that's the key thing. If you're looking to start something out is, in today's world, when it comes to marketing, it's about being able to get a clear message across. And then, you know, the the if you're to go back into flooring my life, the funny thing about flooring my life is I haven't created a video for that for my dad's business in like three years. Yet I was randomly in his office last week and some lady walks in and goes, oh, you're the guy from the videos. So my point to that is that when you're in a market and you're creating content like it doesn't die. <laughs> This stuff is still out there generating revenue for my dad's business. And so if I continue to create marketing content specifically for third party, you know, staffing and and recruiting agencies, 
it's just going to start building more momentum as time goes because my content will always be out there working for me. And so it's, I think that that's from, you know, from a marketing standpoint um, and an entrepreneur standpoint, that's why it's so important to niche that nowadays. It's just easier to talk to your core market. Yeah. And um, you said, and you, and you said, um, you know, when people are going out to create content, one of the biggest challenges, they don't know who they're creating that content for. And, and even if it's not just content creation, even if you're somebody that's, um, working in a job and maybe let's say you're a sales rep or you're a software engineer or you work in HR or marketing and you're trying to differentiate yourself from the pack and be the best at what you do. The question I have is, do you find your audience? Does your audience find you? Do you have to be very deliberate about these are the people I want to target? Um, I mean, or is it kind of an evolution? Because I, I, you know, on one hand, you could say, hey, I want to be the best at this very specific thing and I want to target these very specific people, but perhaps you're not equipped to deliver that messaging for any number of reasons versus if you say, I'm going to just start putting stuff out there or, or putting myself out there in a way that makes me feel good and following my passion and whether it's, you know, if it's content, producing the kind of content that I get excited about, and then my audience will find me and in time, I'll figure out where I fit in. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think what you kind of said in the latter there is, is, you know, how I kind of did it. It was, I followed my passion and then, um, then I, you know, I, for me, when it came to marketing, you know, I kind of built the audience as, as well as just me putting myself out there, um, in order to really just build the business the way I wanted to. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's an evolution through time, um, of where I've been able to go. But I think the biggest thing, no matter if you are a sale, you know, work in sales or if you're a recruiter for a company or, you know, somebody behind the scenes, whatever, whatever it is, um, is really just figuring out, you know, the, the level of commitment I think is the big thing. Um, and especially if you're on like an entrepreneurial journey, it's like the level of commitment is really what gets, gets you there. Um, and you know, if you don't know, again, I'll go back into what I said earlier, it's the action always wins. Right. And so sometimes we can sit around and thought all day long and, and it's by taking the action that, that actually teaches us, you know, um, how to win. You know, if you were to look back at some of the content that I created three years ago for recruiters, shoot, I, I was still trying to figure out what the recruiting industry was. I was trying to figure out the difference between contract staffing and direct hire and all this. And so now it's like I have people coming on the phone with me asking me what business models they should consider and I'm able to actually give thoughtful feedback. Um, but that that's come through time, right? So I think it's really just being able to commit, put yourself out there, follow your passions. People are going to start to attract you. And this is what I really try to tell people is like, hey, look, there's millions and millions, billions of people in the world. I don't know what it is, millions, billions, billions, but Bottom line is there's plenty of people out there. Um, and I just want to work with people that want to work with Donnie. And I try to really put myself out there authentically so that I'm a firm believer that there's enough people out in this world that will want to work with me um, if if I continue to just be who I am. And, and of course, I need to deliver a great product and service. I'm not saying that that's not a component of it. But from a marketing standpoint, it's really just me being who I am and putting myself out there. Right. And you talk about, you know, uh, the passion and the commitment and all that. I mean, if you were to go back to your childhood and, you know, you had dreams of being a professional athlete, you probably in a million years wouldn't have been able to say, you know, when I'm at this point in my life, I want to be 
helping recruiters grow their business through <laughs> video marketing or content Absolutely. marketing. But nope. but I think that's one of the big misconceptions that people have. And it's something I talk about a lot is that, you know, we put so much of a focus on the the what it is, you know, the, the specific thing that we're doing. And we say, well, I don't really want to be this or this job doesn't really sound like something that's all that exciting. But if you can if you can kind of strip away the the what and you think more about like the actual I, I don't know if I'd say how, but ultimately what what gets you excited right now is that you're you're helping people and that's what gets you're passionate about it, right? And it it yep. just happens to be in this particular thing, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I try to advise people that um you don't necessarily have to do what you love, you have to love what you do, right? And mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if you're a, a self-employed entrepreneur or you're an employee at a company. Um, the, 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 the specific things that you're doing each day are sort of irrelevant. What's, what's important is how, do, how does it make me feel? How do I feel about myself and the time that I'm spending doing these things? Because like you said, life is short and you just need to find something that serves as a platform for you to be able to be passionate and be excited about what you're doing. It doesn't have to be the job you dreamed you would have, but you have to be able to find something that you can get excited about enough so that you can be passionate. Uh, and so I, I, I guess I'd like to hear your thoughts around that, the idea of you don't necessarily have to do what you love, you have to love what you do kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's 100% You know where it's at, is um, you know finding a way to to kind of be, you know, if we're going <laughs> even on a deeper level of being happy in a moment, right? Um, and and so much of, of work is a part of that. And I think that's what's kind of cool about, you kind of see this shift in, in society of, you know, I was raised by my dad who was, you know, blue collar, you know, hard worker. You know, my dad started off as an actual flooring installer and, you know, grew up from kind of blue collar into owning his own business. It was a great story, great journey to, for me to watch firsthand. Uh, see the struggles that he went through and see where he's at now with his success. And, and yeah, I don't know that he, when he even started out with that journey, <laughs> you know, as a flooring installer, I don't even know if he ever envisioned owning the company that he has now, right. With multiple employees and, and where he doesn't have to work in it every day. And so for me, it was kind of the same thing. Like I had no idea that this was going to be what my, what my journey was going to be, what my path was going to be. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with it. It's just, kind of sticking to and finding things that, that make you happy and finding happiness in, in your day. And, and what you were calling kind of your what, I you know, it's more of like the why, like, why do I do this? You know, um, I do this because I want to help people. And, and, you know, I'm just like anybody else. There's days where I wake up and I'm fired up for work. And there's days where like I have to build more energy to try to get fired up for work. Um, and, and oftentimes I have to go back into that why of, well, I really want to help people grow revenue. Like that's, I'm passionate about that. You know, that's, that's something that, makes me tick. And so I think that that's something that, you know, again, no matter what profession you're in, um, you can really learn and find a ways to, 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 to choose to look at the things that are most gratifying to you in that job. Because of course, even in this job, it's not, there's not everything I do. I love, you know, but going back into why I'm doing it is definitely the fuel for me. Um, yeah. And, and, I, that- and I say, and I say, it's like, um, you know, ultimately the goal is I think we all want to be happy, right? So you have yep. to figure out what happiness looks like for you and then find a path to it. And when I go back eight and a half years ago, when I started my recruiting company, McKenna Partners, you know, at mm-hmm. that time, it was like a means to an end. And I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't in love with the idea of being a guy that had his own recruiting firm. That was never like my childhood dream. But right. in time, I've grown to love it because it's afforded me the opportunity to be self-employed, to have flexibility in my schedule, um, to spend time with my family. And so how could you not love something that gives so much back to you, right? And so I think, I think that's the most important thing is that you don't have to be a, an entrepreneur. You don't have to own your own business. You just have to figure out what what happiness looks like for you. Like, and for me, it was the independence and being able to kind of make a living on my own terms. And the fact that I was able to do it this way because I knew how to do this, it didn't matter if I loved recruiting or not. What mattered is that this was the thing that was going to get me to what I did love. And because of that, I've learned to now love it because it's given back to me so much. And I think that's advice that can, can apply to anybody, regardless of where you're at in your career. Oh, 100%. And I think, you know, that, you know, look at what we're doing right now. You know, I, I, I would venture to bet that you have this podcast because one, you know, it is going to add value to, to your marketplace, but two, but I'm sure you're enjoying the hell out of doing this right here as I am. Right. So it's like you're you're able to build a business like you're saying, like, yeah, it wasn't what I want. But now you're doing things in your business that that you thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. Um, yeah, and it, so it doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I think you nailed it. It's not the what it's I said how, but it's actually the why. Right. So, right. you know, it you're you're doing this job and that's the what. But the why mm -hmm. is because you love helping people or you like contributing to the cause or it makes you yep. feel good or you like the people you're working with. I mean, that's what's most important. So um, as we wrap this up, um, you know, now you're off kind of doing this, uh, running your business. Um, obviously, anybody that's listening that that works in the recruiting field that, you know, is part of a recruiting firm, and this would be a third party recruiting firm. So we're talking about uh, agency recruiting when uh, companies will call out uh, positions to a headhunter or uh, request help filling challenging roles from a company that specializes in providing that service. Um, anybody that's in that space that wants to improve uh, their business or the business that they're a part of, um, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Donnie Gupton. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Donnie Gupton. Um, uh, my email is Donnie at DonnieGupton.com. And one thing I'd like to invite any third-party recruiter that's listening is uh, into my Facebook group. Uh, you can search it out. It's just Lead Mastery for Recruiting Agencies and Executive Search Firms. Um, and that's a place where I'm providing value every single day. Um, and, you know, just like we're talking here, <laughs> this uh, podcast, that's something I do that allows me to, you know, just, just serve people every single day that aren't even my clients. So, um yeah, that's how you can get in touch. I really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, yeah. And a closing thought, I just want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, what's your greatest fear at this point in terms of, uh, you know, your professional or personal life? Like what, what keeps you up at night? Oh, man. Um, my greatest fear is really just staying, you know, I'm, I like to grow. And so staying ahead of the curve, um, in watching the things, I don't know if it's a fear as much as it is, I'm excited, but it is kind of fearful of what's going to happen, what's going to change, you know, over these next, next coming years. Um, and, and really just keeping that, that momentum. But, you know, at this point, I don't really have as many fears in my, in, you know, around my business because I've kind of figured out the formula that works for me. Um, and I know that as long as I'm consistent with that, 
then then I'm going to be going to be okay financially. Um, you know, if anything, my greatest fear would be that I would have to go work for somebody else so I can't live the freedom and lifestyle that I want with my family. Um, as you were kind of talking through that, I mean, that's really what drove a lot of this too and didn't get into it. But, um, you know, was, you know, I share custody with my kids. And so I created this so I could have freedom in my life so that when I have my time, I can just spend my time with them. Um, and that's what my business allows. So that would probably be the biggest thing that could be stripped from me in my life now that you bring it up is just, you know, taking away my freedom uh, to be able to spend time with my family. All right. Uh, so you heard it here, recruiters. Call Donnie so he could continue spending time with his kids, right? That's <laughs> absolutely. And, absolutely. And you know what? The truth is, Donnie, like you've proven you can do this. And I think we're hardwired to um, survive, you know, and even in tough times, we find a way to get through it. And, you know, you, you do what you need to do to keep moving forward. And I have no doubt you We'll continue to do that. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Donnie, best of luck out there. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>